is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Without Mark Levin, sans Mark Levin, out of the bullpen again, your handy-dandy relief pitcher, Dan Bongino. <laughs> Drive Rich crazy, at the Bongino on Twitter. <laughs> sorry, Rich. Oh, but it just comes out. I'm sorry, is that I could do. It's almost like it's instinct now. All right, happy to be back. Rich is ready to get me in a rear naked choke right now. He's like, dude. <laughs> oh, boy, so much to talk about. Where do we start? The Awan brothers, nobody's talking about that case. Don't worry, folks. A couple Pakistani brothers who weren't background checked managed to slip into the House of Representatives and export all kinds of files out from 40 Democratic members of Congress. Don't worry. Nothing to see here. Outside of Luke Rosiak at the Daily Caller, nobody seems remotely interested in that case. No, don't you worry at all. Trey Gowdy's too busy commenting on how we're all crazy about the you know government spying on the Trump team. Don't worry about that case. I'm going to get to that. How I'm going to fit it in, I haven't decided yet, though, because I'm still a little upset at Paul Ryan, too. Seems to have jumped on the, you know, the swamp gas is getting in all their heads, I guess because they're not running again. Another one, Paul Ryan. Now, don't you worry about the spy thing. Everything was by the numbers, folks. Don't you worry. No sweat. Just forget the whole thing happened. Nah, no thanks. No thanks, Paul. You guys work for us. You seem to have forgotten that. I- I'm not okay. You-, you you don't lord over us. You're not the, the you're not the what was it the, the duke. You're not the earl. Okay, this is a constitutional republic. You jokers work for us up there. Oh, but they've seen the intelligence. They have. That's funny because I read a piece at National Review today that said that the DOJ still has information to turn over to the House. I thought they saw the intelligence. What do you mean? Nothing to worry about here, folks. Let's wipe our hands of it. All good. We've seen everything. Trump wasn't spied on, but the New York Times said he was spied on. <laughs> Come on, stop that. The New York Times. The New York Times, that right-wing rag. Really? It's not even how I want it. I want to start on a different story. But, of course, I always get sidetracked with stuff because i got a million things going on in my melon right now. All right, we're going to get to that. But I want to make sure I cover this first because it's important to me personally. So many of you know I... I I used, to, I used to work at the White House. Nobody cares. I'm not trying to be like, you look at me, how special I am. Who cares? A lot of people worked at the White House. You know, the Obama team worked at the White House. Clearly, there aren't many credentials to get in there, right? But I worked there for a while. And, you know, when, when you're a Secret Service agent and you leave, you get a departure photo at the White House. A departure photo with the president, who at the time was Barack Obama. And it's pretty simple how it works. You know, you're getting ready to leave the detail because when you're in the Secret Service, you only spend about four and a half, excuse me, or five years on the presidential detail because you'll go nuts. It's a 25-year career. You do any more than that, you'll probably lose your mind. So you do five years and you go back to a field office. But when you leave the president's detail, the sitting president, whoever it may be in their office, are kind enough to put together a departure photo, which I think is a very nice gesture. Barack Obama's office did it too. 
and they invite your family. At the time when I left, my my daughter Isabel was gosh, I don't know how old was she, six or seven. She was she was small. She's a teenager now. And they, my wife was there, and they bring you into the Oval Office with the president. And listen, for as many political disagreements with Barack Obama as I had, and man, they are legion. I can't think of a single issue I agree with Barack Obama on about anything. Folks, I was honored to take the photo because it was about the office of the president. That mattered to me. I get it. You may disagree. I totally understand. I respect your opinion. I've, I got a lot of emails on this. People said to me, I've been commenting on this for days. And they said, oh, I wouldn't have taken that picture. I get it. Totally understand. Don't fault you for it one bit. It was my decision. I feel like in a constitutional republic, in a country I deeply respect and love, that sincere political disagreements are fine, but it is about the office of the presidency and us. So I went in, we took the photo with the family. Why am I telling you any of this? Because I did it. Like, I was there and went in and put the photo on my Instagram and everything else. Why couldn't the Eagles do the same thing? You know, folks, this story really gets under my skin. It ticks me off, to, to be candid with you. You show up at the damn White House. You understand? You show up. I don't care if the president is Donald Trump, Barack Obama, or George Bush. If you're invited to the White House, it's an honor. You show up. You can disagree with Trump. Disagree with Trump on whatever you want to disagree with. Immigration policy, taxes. I don't care. I don't care. This is a great country. You have the freedom to assemble, the freedom to, uh, to express yourself, the freedom to practice whatever religion you want. You still have the freedom to bear arms, although if the Democrats get their will, that'll be gone soon, too. But you show up at the darn White House. I have absolutely zero sympathy for the NFL or the Philadelphia Eagles who can't seem to get out of their own way, the NFL, anymore. Now, caveat emptor here. There are some people on the Eagles, and I got an email this morning. I'm not going to say any names because, sadly, if I say the names, it'll probably ruin their careers. But there were some Eagles players who genuinely wanted to meet the president, go to the White House and do this, and had, had pure hearts with it. Um, again, I got some emails this morning from people who know some of these players. I'm not going to say the names because if I'm telling you if I did, they'd probably become targets in their own locker room. But I'm horrified for the Eagles. What, what a stupid move. You show up at the White House. You take the picture. Have some respect. I had no problem. To, I, guys, ladies, I left off. I left my job, like gave up my jo- job. I loved in the Secret Service to go run against Barack Obama's policies. I lost. It stinks losing a race for the U.S. Senate. I did it, and I went in there and took the picture and shook his hand and showed some respect and walked out and then ran against them the next day or whatever. I left a couple months later, actually. But you get the point. You show up. You show up. What kind of world do we live in now? We're a sports team. You can't even show up at the White House. You got to embarrass the guy. You wanted to show up with, as I've been calling it, the clown show. And let me tell you what really happened so you understand what kind of a scam this really was. Because I get it that there's some people out there going, Oh, listen, man, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Some people were going to show up. No, no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. The Secret Service has an office over in the White House, an access control office. It was called Waves when I was there. They get name checks for people coming in. So what did the Eagles do? 
they did a big dipsy do flipperoo where they were going to basically give the finger to Donald Trump. They submitted 80 names in advance. So the Trump team and the White House staff that prepares these things thinks they're going to get a decent sized crew of people. They find out what the day before that five people were going to show up in the mascot, a clown show. You're going to be the mascot. What's his name? Rich, did you, are you an Eagles fan? Is it Buddy the Eagle or, or Dopey the Eagle? Rich don't even know. Oh, who cares? Bobby the Eagle's going to show squawking on the ground like an idiot, like a clown show next to the president. Clown show. That's what they wanted, a clown show. Look, there's only five players. They're going to get the Instagram picture. Look at us. We made this guy look like a dope. And you know what Trump said? No, 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 not today, fellas. Nope, daddy-o. Lock the gates. Get these guys out of here. No Billy the mascot, Dopey the Eagle or whatever your name is. You're not coming on the White House. You're going to make us look stupid. And good for you. Good for the White House. I never faulted any of these professional teams for showing up on the grounds uh, to, for Barack Obama. That's what you do. You take a picture. He was always a gracious host, even though I disagreed with his politics. I was on the South grounds. I, was, I have a picture. It's on my Instagram. I have a picture on the South grounds working Working, as we used to say, working the man, working Obama that day on the South Grounds with all the college championship teams there. You show up. I never once in my life, never once thought, oh, my gosh, what a bunch of dopes. These people showed up to celebrate Barack Obama. They weren't celebrating Barack Obama. They're celebrating the greatness in the United States of America. And it's an honor to be accepted into the White House. And the Eagles want to show up with a clown show, a clown mascot. Dopey the Eagle. Here, squawk a little bit, Dopey. Next to the president, we'll get a picture of it. And we'll bring the, uh, the, 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 the place kicker holder dude. Look, nobody showed up. We got him. This is the gift of Trump. He probably gets the word the night before with his staff and a bunch of other butt-kissing politicians, fake swampy Republicans, would have been like, eh, you know what? Let's have him in here. We don't want to make waves. Trump, no, no. No, no, no. No, you're not coming in. Lock the gates. See you guys. No, no, they're not coming in. Events canceled. Good for you. Head on back to Philly. Thank you. You submit 80 names to, to waves and you're going to show up with a couple players and, 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 and don't be the mascot? No. I don't care who you are. I'm sorry. I'm not. Listen, I gave up on the NFL a long time ago, so I really couldn't care any less what happens about the NFL. But this has been, in my opinion, listen, I, I, it's not a secret, right? I support the president when he's right, when there's some issues I think we can work on a little bit. But one thing about this guy I've respected from day one is he has a titanium spine and cojones made of steel. You're showing up with Dopey the mascot and the place kicker on the day they were supposed to have 80 people here to get a photo op to make me look like an idiot? No, no, no thanks. Beat it. Get back in the team bus and head right back to Philadelphia. Good for you. And let the media continue to whine about, man, look at this, Trump. Oh, my God. Who cares what the media thinks? Nobody respects the media anyway. The media. The media want to do sports. They can't even do journalism. You want to do sports writing? These guys don't know anything. Don't you find that out even sports journalists, half of them never even played the sport. 
It's like media people at the Washington Post trying to do economics. Economics? You can't even report on basic math. You want to report on economics. All right, I got to take a break. I went over a little bit. I usually try to get out by seven. I have a routine here, Rich. You know, 17 is my mark. Missed it by 45 seconds. Darn. It's not a hard break, so we're all right. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call and comment, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hey, listen, they call him the great one for a reason. I have a personal favor to ask you, and I mean it. They don't call him the good one, the okay one, the marginally good one, the beneficial one. He's called the great one. Now, listen, I'm kind of biased. I I love Mark to death. I'm not name dropping, but I like him as a friend, and he's been, to me, an amazing I, I can't even, because if I get it, Mark's, Mark wouldn't even like, Mark does a lot of stuff that's really good for a lot of people, and he's kind of shy, and we'll talk about it on his own show with that kind of stuff. I'm asking you now, please, Mark has been nominated for induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame for spoken word on-air personalities. That's a really fancy way of saying it. The, one of the best talk radio show hosts of all time. Folks, please, let's help Mark out. He, he, he won't do this for himself as passionately as I'll do it for him because I believe in Mark. Do me a favor. Let's get him in there. You've got to text the number 500. That's 500. Text that number to 96000. So text the number 500 to 96000 to vote for Mark. Or you can vote at radiovote.com. One vote's permitted uh, per cell phone number and per email address. Please, folks. He deserves it. If there's anybody in radio who's changed the course of this medium and changed a whole lot of minds, it's Mark. Help him out. I, I mean, it. He, he won't. Mark won't lobby for himself like I will for him. He deserves it. All right. Uh, back to this Eagles story. I can see by the phone lines, um, 877-381-3811, if you want to jump in, that this has already uh, sparked some interest. I, I've got a lot to cover, but I, I, I just want to put the cherry on top of this thing. Folks, when you go to the doctor, right, let's say you have, I don't know, an orthopedic problem, your ankle hurts, right? When you walk into the office and he's moving your ankle, or is this hurt? Ah, that hurts. Don't go there. Don't go there, doc, right? Do you say to the doc, hey, doc, by the way, um, you know, how do you feel about Trump's policy on DACA or uh, marginal tax rates in the, uh, in, 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 uh, or, in the, or the corporate tax rates? How, does he, how do you feel about that? What do you think? 99.9% of you are going to say, no, I don't ask my doctor that. Well, why? Why don't you ask your doctor that? Because you don't give a crap what the doctor says about the Trump tax cuts. You're there for him to fix your ankle. I don't care if he's a Democrat, libertarian. I don't even care if he's a communist. Just fix my ankle if you're a good doctor. I don't care. I'm not interested in your politics. Now, doctors are pretty smart people. And we generally don't care, even though they're super smart, about their political guidance. We care about fixing the ankle. Athletes, I get it. I'm not knocking your intelligence. A lot of very smart athletes out there. But it is not an intellectual domain. It's a physical domain, athletics. There's an intellectual and cerebral component to it. But why would you think if we're not asking like PhD level nuclear scientists and doctors their opinion about politics, why should we care about yours? I don't I don't get it. 
the Eagles. Well, we don't want to show up at the White House. Gosh, we can't. Why do we care what you think? Just show up. Take the damn picture. Show some dignity, man. Show up. Shake his head. You know what? Everybody probably less. Oh, Kim Kardashian. What an idiot. Really? Really? Who's the idiot? No, I'm serious. Who's the idiot? You, all these NBA guys and NFL guys, are Trump, what a dope. We don't want to talk to Trump. Trump's the president of the United States. You may agree or disagree with Kim Kardashian and her lobbying for Alice Johnson, but the bottom line is Kim Kardashian decided I'm going to engage with the president of the United States. I have an issue I think matters to me that he has uh, constitutional power over, and Kim Kardashian got some results. And tweeted the darn picture out with the, the president treated the, uh, tweeted the picture out with her. Instead, we got to listen to these NBA guys and these NFL guys and the, the, the NBA guys, LeBron James. Hey, man, if we win, none of us are going to the White House. Who cares? Stay home. Nobody cares. The sad thing is I was actually going to watch the NBA finals, too. Now, forget it. For, I, I know you don't care. The NBA people listening, you're like, what do we care? It's one set of eyeballs. It's not. Okay, I promise you it's not one set of eyeballs. You are turning off massive numbers of people because you want to do something we don't pay for you to do. We pay and we watch to watch you play basketball at an elite level. Nobody cares about your politics. Nobody. Less than zero people care about that. Man, wake up. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Versus left is right versus wrong. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for Mark. Hey, have you seen this thing with Hannity, folks? It, let me just tell you, I know Mark has liberal listeners, okay? I know a good large swath of the audience is conservative and Republican, but there are liberal listeners who listen to. I know because you call on the show to yell at me and sometimes which is fine you're always welcome here and we do try to leave a line open for you liberals too matter of fact pamela if you hang we'll try to get to you i know you disagree on the eagle story but let me just correct the record on something and let me just put a warning out there to liberals okay if you are getting your news from the hacks and the goons in the liberal media you are doing yourself the country and journalism a huge disservice because they're liars they're liars and even worse, if you're getting any information from the goons at Media Matters, who are a filthy, disgusting lot of zeros, then you're either an idiot or a manipulator or you're in cahoots with them. Media Matters is the sleaziest, slimiest, scummiest operation out there. They will smear the name of anyone that is not a dyed-in-the-wool liberal or a communist in a heartbeat. It is staffed full of losers. They, they sit in their basement. Mommy brings them down to hot cocoa and maybe some s'mores with a little marshmallow. They sit there. They play video games all day. And they watch and listen to Sean and Mark and Rush's show. And they tweet responses, lying, manipulative, slimy responses all day. So what did they do to Hannity, these goons at Media Matters? Sean last night was making a satirical comment. Obviously, satire requires a degree of intelligence to understand, which nobody at Media Matters has because they're morons. So Sean's making a comment about how Bob Mueller's special counsel is demanding the personal phones of some of the people in the Trump investigation. 
So Sean was satirically saying how, well, if they did what Hillary did with bleach pit, removing SIM cards and smashing these Blackberries, which is what Hillary's team did in fact do. He said, and I quote at the end, how do you think that would work out for everybody who Mueller is demanding their phones of tonight? I'm certain the result would not be the same as Hillary's. This is at rightscoop.com, by the way. Not only that, but Hannity said later in a different exchange that doing that, what Hillary's team did, would be bad advice. So what are these goons at Media Matters? And I'm looking at this Right Scoop piece now. It's not only Media Matters. This was reported on by, there's a whole list of idiots. Rolling Stone, Mediaite, another disgrace. They've got a bunch of dopes over there, too. The Daily Beast, the Business Insider, The Hill, and Newsweek picked up on this, too. After Media Matters said, and I'm quoting a tweet here from a, from a, a complete zero, works at Media Matters. Hannity advising Mueller witnesses to destroy evidence. <laughs> They're not even embarrassed. They're not even, and, and lapdog, boot-licking, surgically attached to the butt of liberal America media people pick up the story and run with it. Hannity was making a satirical comment about what not to do. You goons, are you that stupid? Oh my gosh. We're all dumber for having heard that. All of us. This entire audience lost 5 to 10 IQ points having to justify the morons at Media Matters. Hannity, and I think we should destroy blackberries. That's exactly what he didn't say, you idiots. Remember Ren and Stimpy, you idiots. This, are you guys as dumb? You know, uh, it may sound, uh, you, and you probably a lot of liberals, you know, you think this is all garbage, but I'm actually concerned about my credibility. I don't say things on my show, this show. The NRA TV show, any show I'm on, guest appearances on Fox, whatever. I don't say things I can't back up. And if I do, I corrected myself on the air one time, even though I wasn't wrong. Because I was talking about a different incident, talking about John Brennan and Jim Clapper. On a cable hit, I corrected myself. When the host caught something, even though I was right, I just had the incident wrong. But it was, the bottom line is, I care about my credibility. Left-wing media hacks, media goofballs, media matters, all these media types that follow along don't care one bit about credibility. If you think that, you are out of your mind. They care about one thing and one thing only, savaging conservatives on talk radio, savaging them, Mark, Rush, Sean, anyone else that has any kind of a platform that will open the eyes of lost liberals out there. That's all they care about. These are immoral, unethical liars and goons. Nothing more. Their their souls are black. Black. They don't have an ounce of purity to them. Disgusting. All right, let me take a call. I'm going to take uh, Pamela here. I want to say I'm genuinely curious what she has to say. I was talking about the Eagles not showing up at the White House before. What a disgraceful move. That was. So Pamela from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You disagree. I'd love to hear why. I disagree because, as I stated, I think that we are all entitled to our opinion and to express that opinion and to voice that opinion as we as we see fit. Okay. Now, the statement that it's okay because to run around and dribble balls or throw touchdown passes or anything for our entertainment, 
But it's not okay to speak up and speak out and stand out against injustice. That doesn't sit well with me. Because the protest, contrary to what everyone tried to turn it into, was never about the flag. It was about the injustice. All right. Okay, Pamela, let me hold on a sec because, you know, I don't want to. You addressed a couple things there. It wasn't about the flag? The protest was never about the flag. Okay, it wasn't. So why did the Baltimore Ravens, when they were over in London, and they knelt for our national anthem and our flag, why did they stand up when the, uh, when the God Save the Queen played? Because, as I was saying, it's not about the flag. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. If it was not about our national anthem and kneeling for the national anthem is not an act of disrespect, are you, are you tracking what I'm saying? Then why did the Ravens players stand when the, the, when the, when the national anthem for the United Kingdom, God Save the Queen, was played? Why? Why not just stay kneeling? Because it's two different things. What's going on here? Wait, it's not. Hold on. I want you to answer my question. You're saying it's not an act of disrespect to the flag, right? Not a disrespect. So why stand up then when the, when the United Kingdom, when God saved the Queen's play? Why, why not just stay kneeling? I, why did they not stay kneeling? Because the, the United States of America, what's happening here in this country to black people... Right. Which is the reason for the entire protest is not happening there. Oh, so, it, oh, okay. So it's now it is an act of disrespect towards the United States because it's not happening in the United Kingdom, right? Is that what you're saying? So there's no racism in the United Kingdom, only in the United States. That's not what I said. No, that is, that's that is what you said. You just said it's not happening there. Do you want me to replay the tape? You can because black people being gunned down, unarmed, innocent. Black Pamela, who is this is absurd. Who is supporting gunning down unarmed black people? Who is saying that? Okay, I see that you're not listening to what I'm saying. You're because you're not making a coherent point. You started this by telling me this is not about the flag. When I said to you, if it's not about the flag, then why did you stand when the flag of the United Kingdom was displayed in their national anthem? You responded by it's not happening over there in the United Kingdom. And I said, there's what? There's no racism in the United Kingdom? You said, I didn't say that. You just did. This is how I am going to let that be known. I'm going to peacefully protest to take a stance against injustice. And that's what it is. So anyone that tries to make it about a flag, which it's never been about a flag. Can you just answer my question? Why would you, if kneeling with the flag is not an act of disrespect, why not stay kneeling then? You still haven't answered that. You've given no satisfactory answer. You know what? When I can say you're not going to be able to answer that. So let me ask you this. When Kaepernick wore the socks with the cops depicted as pigs on it, did you have an issue with that? Did you have an issue? No, 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 no. We don't answer a question with a question. Did you have an issue when Kaepernick wore a pair of socks disrespecting every cop in America by depicting them as pigs on the practice field? Did you have an issue with that? That's funny. Cops, cops as pigs on it. That's that's funny. Do you have an issue with? See, you're answering a question with a question. It's not the way this works. I'm asking you a simple. If you can't answer, it says you don't have an answer. Were you okay with Kaepernick wearing a pair of socks with cops depicted as pigs? <laughs> you can't answer one question. Okay, goodbye. Because you're, you're not. You, we're gonna, it's going to go. This is what happens. I, I let her talk, and then all of a sudden, we're. She can't answer simple questions. It's not about the flag. Okay, well, why did the Ravens stand then? 
when the United Kingdom and God Save the Queen was playing. Oh, but they didn't want to disrespect the flag. You just said it wasn't about disrespect. And she started off, I can't, I'm sorry, I can go on forever, but with this nonsense about they have the right to speak out. Yes, they do. It's nonsense because she's right. Nobody is disputing that. Nobody, no one, no one, not Rich, not me, not anyone else is disputing the NFL players' right, big R, God-given right, to say whatever the hell they want as long as they don't threaten someone else and infringe on anyone else's civil rights. Nobody. I will passionately, till the day I leave this earth and take my last breath of oxygen, defend every single NFL and NBA's players' right, big R, God-given rights, not a right given by me, it's a right granted by God, to say whatever they want. They want to say, oh, Trump sucks? Say whatever you want. Don't care. Nobody is saying that. This is a private company. A private company. The NFL is free to make its own rules. You have the right to say that. You have the right to whatever political position you want. You don't have the right to do it on our property. Where else? By the way. By the way, is that the real Burgess Owens? Mr. Call Screener? Because I love Burgess. All right. Do do, do your homework. If it is, this will be cool. Don't go anywhere, folks. But let me finish this thought because this is important. Of course you have the right. You don't have the right to do it on a private business's field. Guys, ladies out there listening, can you, this is a serious question for you to ponder. I am not suggesting to you that racism isn't worthy of addressing, that use of force incidents by police are not worthy of addressing. Absolutely. I'm not suggesting people don't have the right to talk about it. They should, and they do. I'm asking you, what business in America do you have the right to say whatever you want about politics and these issues in the middle of the workday and alienate the customers? Oh, they're not alienating the customers. The NFL's down double digits over two years, you knuckleheads. What are you talking about? You have the right to ruin the business? I want to speak out against use of force by police. Go ahead. This is the greatest country on earth. Good for you. I will defend that right till the day I die. You don't get to do that on company time in the middle of millions of Americans' eyeballs during the national anthem. Oh, kneeling's not an act of disrespect. No, no, kneeling's... Give me a break. Kneeling's not an act of disrespect when he... Come on. Now, you're just making that up now. Of course, why would you do it? You want attention. I'm sorry about all the, 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 the candy nonsense about this. But it's time for like some real, honest, and straight talk about this. Stand up. Put your hand on your heart. You know, respect the country and people who have given you the opportunity to do that. And on your own time, advocate for whatever you wish. You don't get to walk into your job at the bagel store and in the middle of the workday stop and say, Folks, waiting for the everything bagels coming out of the oven. Hold on. I've got a speech to give. Your employer owns a bagel store. It's like, what the hell is Joey Bag of Donuts doing here? He's ready to give a speech on income inequality. What? Get to work, buddy. No, no. I have the right. I have the right to speak. You have the right to get the hell out of my bagel store. Beat it. I'm going to get into your someone who wants to work. What other job do you get to do this?
In Walmart, when you're the greeter, hey, 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 Tony, welcome to Walmart today. Hold on, let me talk to you about income inequality today. You'd be fired in a minute. But, oh, because you're in the NFL, we're all supposed to genuflect in front of you and you, you we're supposed to respect your act of disrespect? Of course you have the right to do it. You also have the right to wear socks with cops depicted as pigs, although it makes an idiot out of you. I know. Sorry. Get into that topic. All right, folks. If you want to call and comment, 877-381-3811. I really want to wrap that up earlier, but it's a passionate topic for me. I'm sorry. Uh, 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark. Mark Lovin. All right, Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Let me get right to this call because I'm extra super stoked. Burgess Owens calling in the Mark Levin Show. Burgess, how are you, man? Dan, very good, my friend. I'm looking forward to this chat. Absolutely for sure. I, I said, is that the real Burgess Owens? You know, I used to watch you with the Raiders when I was six and seven years old. You, you lay in those hits, was it laying the smackdown on some of those running backs. It was back when the Raiders just won football games, which hopefully it will happen again. Too, so we'll see how that works out. So yeah. let me get your take on this. I think you heard what I had to say about the Eagles. I thought this was a nonpartisan thing. It's been a tradition. You show up, you show some respect for the office, regardless of how you feel about the occupant, and you move on. I thought this was a real, this was a foul. This was a terrible move. Uh, there's no question, but I, I think that, and, and this is what I've said for the last year and a half, you know, thank goodness for President, uh, President Trump, who, who drew a line in sand and said, you know what, guys, we're going to respect our flag, we respect our country, we're going to make a big deal of this, because we're heading and drifting in a different direction. And at the end of the day, uh, what we're seeing behind the curtains is these young men who have never, in their communities, liberal, socialist communities, have never placed a flag, have never said a prayer. Seventy percent of these boys do not have fathers. They don't understand about respecting the women of, of, of authority, of police, and now they come to the NFL. And these, these white elitists, that's all these owners are. But say, so, you know what, guys? We're not going to apply the same rules to you as I would in my office, my corporate office. We're going to let you disrespect our flag because it, it, it pushes forward our agenda. At the end of the day, these, these leftist owners love the fact that they are they're stripping away the American uh, brand off of the NFL because they're looking at doing the international deal. At the end of the day, we need to make sure that, that we're doing everything we can to, to make sure that these young men understand what respect is, and then that starts with respect and our flag for sure. Burgess, I've never seen anything like you're talking to Burgess Owens. By the way, the title of your book, Liberalism, How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. I only got about a minute left, but maybe the greatest title of a book ever written. I don't understand this. The, um, the NFL, to me, was always a break from politics, not an immersion in it. What are these guys? They're destroying their own workplace. I got about 20 seconds. They are. And first of all, why I stand, my new book just came out, but it, 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 it comes down to this. It's not the days of Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, and we need to realize that the people that are running this, the NFL today are not the patriots we look at. They're globalists, and they do not believe in the, the, the focus of our flag the way that we should. So thank goodness for, for, for President Trump that uh, he, he drew a line in the sand and make sure we're now looking at this and doing it the right way, for sure. Amen, Burgess. Hey, thanks for calling in. It's an honor to talk to you, buddy. Thanks a lot. Same, same here, Dan. All the best, buddy. All right. Look at that. Burgess Owens. Uh, bucket list, Richard. Bucket list checked. I'm Dan Bongino. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. 
Rising from, from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino filling in for the great one. Always love coming out of the bullpen. Speaking of the great one, Life, Liberty, Levin. If you all aren't watching it on Fox News, you are missing out. 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday night, Life, Liberty, and Levin marks a relatively new show. Been on a little while now. I was uh, honored enough to be a guest with Joe DeGeneva on one of the shows. And by the way, I don't know how you could see last week's episode or if you T-voted him, but if you missed the one with Andy McCarthy and David Limbaugh, man, did you miss out. You want to talk about three terrific legal minds talking about Spygate, the implications of it, the potential for pardon, impeachment, all this. It was incredible. I watched it. I I had to watch it the next day on my DVR, but just incredible. Make sure, go set your DVR for Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News channel, 10 p.m. on Sunday night. You can all, you all got that guide channel thing or watch it live, but you will not want to miss this week. I believe it's Lee Zeldin and Ron DeSantis. Uh, two really good Congress uh, members of Congress on the Republican side, one from Florida, one from uh, New York One, a district I used to live in, Lee Zeldin, out there in, in Long Island, or Long Island, as they call it up there when I used to live there. Check it out, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Sunday nights on the Fox News Channel. All right, let me get into this Gowdy thing. Uh, what's the guy doing? What, what is he doing? Now you got Paul Ryan and then Tom Rooney. You got a whole bunch of uh, from Florida. You got a whole bunch of Republicans jumping on. The, hey, don't worry. The FBI did everything by the numbers here. Don't you worry. Nothing to see here, folks. Are you serious? I get emails all the time. What happened again? I, I, Gowdy, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't care. I'm not interested. Conveniently, all three of those men are leaving. Rooney from Florida. It's Tom, not Francis. Uh, there's two Rooney's, Congress people, uh, congressmen in Florida. Tom Rooney's leaving. Paul Ryan's leaving. And Trey Gowdy is leaving. And all of a sudden, don't worry, the swamp did everything by the book. Fell, and the media laps it up, these suckers in the media. Oh, look, Republicans said nothing happened. Oh, okay, as if conservatives ever trusted establishment Republicans anyway. This all started... When Trey Gowdy appeared on the Martha McCallum show on the Fox News channel. And on the Fox News channel, he said something I still can't get. I can't get over it. This was about a week ago. He made two points. That the FBI investigation into Trump was not about Trump or the Trump team. The second point he made was that the FBI handled the investigation, in his opinion, as we would have wanted them to. Um, folks, I'm, I'm trying to be delicate here because I don't, I don't know what Trey Gowdy's talking about. Let's address this point by point. Let's address the easy one first. That the investigation was not about Donald Trump or the Trump team. Let me read to you. Uh, folks, I'm, I, we got to be clear on this, okay? Because I, I, there are even swamp rat Republicans who come after me on social media, by the way, saying that I'm wrong, despite the fact that what I'm about to tell you is common sense. So Trey Gowdy, I don't know what happened to him, makes two points. First point, right? The, the investigation into Trump, crossfire, hurricane, 
this investigation was not about Trump or the Trump team. He said it. Listen to the clip yourself, okay? Let me read to you Jim Comey, the former FBI director's own testimony from March of 2017. Jim Comey. I have been authorized by the DOJ to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintel mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. What? Uh, uh, I, 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 listen, I can't thank the Lord enough for losing my bid for Congress, because if this is what happens when you get up there, you say things that are just factually incorrect. I don't know. I, I don't know why I can't get in Gowdy's head. I don't know what possessed him to say something that is factually not true. Is he is the FBI director lying in March? Let me read that last part again. The nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government. Trey Gowdy, they weren't investigating the Trump campaign. What were they investigating? The, the Mr. Bill show? Hey, it's Mr. Bill. What the hell do you think they were investigating? Of course they were investigating Trump. Why would you say that? For those Goodfellas fans, why, Karen? Why? Why did you do that? Why, Karen? You know the scene. Rich, you know the scene? Why, Karen? Why did you do that, Ray Liotta? <laughs> Why? Why would you say that? And in the media, the dopes in the media, oh, Gowdy said it, so it's got to be true. Now, Ryan, well, I'm no, Gowdy may be right. Tom Rooney, I don't know, they both may be right. Let me read this to you a third time. Any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government? Besides the fact that it's common sense for anyone with an IQ above 90 that they were obviously investigating the Trump team. They had a FISA warrant on a Trump team member. They had a spy. A spy. Yeah, spy. You don't like it? Too bad. They had a spy interact with Trump team members. They arrested and prosecuted a Trump team member. They arrested another Trump team member who was the actual national security advisor at one point. For false statements, despite the fact that they said they didn't think he was being deceptive. How the hell you make a false statement when you're not being deceptive is only a creation of this FBI. I'm not knocking the dudes. I worked with them. So don't even bother. I'm talking about the goons that ran this case. They arrested and prosecuted Mike Flynn and bankrupted the guy despite assuring people that the investigation was wrapping up and that he wasn't being deceptive. But don't worry. Gowdy said let it all go. And Paul Ryan said it too, so now it's got to be good. Listen, I don't know these guys personally. I, the, one I spoke to, he was very nice, he was a gentleman. Um, this is not personal. But gosh, you have been put in important positions of power. People listen to you. What are you doing? You're saying things that are factually incorrect, that are nonsense. And don't even bother calling me on the phone and saying, they've seen the information, Dan. You haven't. Really? Because that's hysterical. These are the same guys who were complaining just days ago about not seeing the information. Same guys.
Did you see it or not? Story in National Review today. DOJ to release new information. What new information? We were all told Gowdy saw everything. And there's nothing to see. Nothing to see here, folks. Ignore everything. I don't know what happened to Gowdy. I don't know who got in his head. I don't know what he's looking for. But I know on point number one that the FBI was not investigating the Trump team, that that is one of the dumbest comments I have ever heard on cable news ever. And I've heard really dumb comments. But he was a prosecutor. Great. I was an agent. I actually investigated these cases for 12 years. Great. great. You want to match responsibilities? How many people have you locked up? My case files are still in the New York office of the Secret Service. You can go look at them. Yeah, I've done it. I don't need to. Oh, I was a prosecutor. Great. You were a prosecutor. I met a lot of knuckleheads who were prosecutors. This is a dumb comment. They're not investigating the Trump team. The hell were they investigating? The local bagel shop? For being short on uh, garlic onion bagels on a Sunday morning? The FBI director said they were investigating the Trump. Is he lying? Are we not prosecuting him? Listen, if he screwed up and Gowdy said something dumb, then just come out and say it. Instead, you fed the media, CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Times, Pravda propaganda BS machine, who now will use you guys forever. Oh, this Spygate's a total scam. This guy Rooney in Florida. Tom, again, not Francis, to be clear. This is no big, you guys are making something out of, what are you talking about? Are you serious? My gosh, this Republican Party is useless. My gosh, totally useless. Totally useless. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Here's the problem with the Republican Party. A large swath of Republicans up on the Hill are really Democrats, but no Democrats are really Republicans. That's the problem. Then I got these establishment idiots on Twitter. This one guy uh, with Rothman. Do you even understand the case? So Gowdy said something clearly wrong. I don't care what Paul Ryan says. I care that the Trump team was unquestionably spied on at a minimum using questionable tactics for a political campaign, and the fact that Republicans are out there going, nothing to see here, folks, nothing to see here. Reminds me of that gif from the guy in the Naked Gun series. When he, There's a gif on Twitter where there's bombs going off and everything behind him. He's nothing to see here. Everybody calm down. Oh, Ryan said it, so let's all just calm down. Ryan said there's nothing to worry. The FBI did everything by the numbers. Really? I haven't even gotten into that part yet. You want to talk about by the numbers stuff? On the other side of this break, I'm going to break down to you how cases actually work. See, I've actually worked them. See, our experience matters too. It's because you were elected to Congress doesn't ordain you with 10 or 15 additional IQ points, okay? There are people out there who have been in the real world, who've worked real cases at the federal level and the local level. And no, this is not how the American people would have want this case worked. That is crap and you know it and you have a responsibility to tell the truth 
All right, I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Dan Bongino filling it for Mark. I think you can probably tell I'm a little ticked off about this whole thing. Because, you know, folks, we fight this fight, all of us out there every day. It's not because we're Trumpkins or because we're like, I'm just loyal to the Constitution and a duly elected president who's undergoing a soft coup d'etat right now. And you got dopey Republicans going out there and feeding the propaganda, Pravda media machine, telling us what, what's up is down, what's black is white, and the dogs are cats. Oh, now we'll be spied on. The New York Times just reported this. Did you miss that story? Why are we spying on Congress and the, and, and the, uh, with the Awan brothers scandal? I'm not recommending that. Cause I actually believe in the Constitution. But if the Republicans in Congress and everybody else thinks spying is A-OK, why aren't they doing something about this House IT scandal then? I don't recommend spying. I actually believe in liberty. These goofballs do. All right, let me take a call here. Paul clearly disagrees here. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. Paul in Los Angeles, California. You disagree with me. How, how's that? That's not possible. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah so for one thing, uh, how many indictments do you get from your Spygate case? Uh, none. No, that's 19 indictments over the Russian uh, uh, collusion case. So uh, uh, Zero. Paul, that's, you're, you're, you're misinformed, which is pretty typical. I assume you're a liberal. There is actually zero indictments for Russian collusion. Russian uh, collusion case? Yeah. Paul, one, you have the worst phone ever. Are you in a bathroom right now? You may want to, like, walk out. If you're going to try to confront me on the facts, one, you should have them, and you should exit the bathroom first. There are zero indictments for Russian collusion. You, you may want to do your homework talk? before you go. Listen, you little shit. What? Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get that. That's never happened. Oh, Paul. Oh, he cursed. Oh, okay. Because Paul's an angry liberal who, of course, had no grasp of the facts. So he dropped the S-bomb on you. I didn't even see that. But Rich, of course, with the snappy dump figure. We're fair. We try to have liberals on the air. But he couldn't get out of the bathroom. He didn't have his... Folks... Someone call in and refute this, by the way, if you think I'm wrong. And if you're a little brighter than Paul, who had a... That would have been fun, too. I was ready to dismantle him. There are zero indictments for Russian collusion. You understand that, right? Zero. There's an indictment on a case against Mike Flynn where the FBI themselves acknowledge, well, he wasn't being deceptive. You guys locked him up for lying. Yeah, but he wasn't being deceptive. We, guys, FBI guys, are we missing something here? You locked him up for lying while simultaneously stating you didn't think he was being deceptive. It's on the record. Oh, that's, yeah, that bingo. There you go. There's your Russian collusion. What does that have to do with Russian collusion? We, you had locked the guy up for lying who the FBI agents themselves <laughs> acknowledged didn't lie. That's your case? You locked up, oh, excuse me, you indicted what? 
13 Russians. By the way, if you read the indictment, which Paul didn't, I don't even think he can read. But if he can read and he actually read the indictment, if you look at line 53 of the indictment he's talking about, which, by the way, had nothing to do with Russian collusion and the Trump team clearly was an indictment on a bunch of Russian troll farms, some of them which had put up Facebook pages and organized rallies for Hillary. Yes, Hillary, did you miss that? Oh, you missed that line 53 in the indictment about the anti-Trump pro-Hillary rallies, those Russians they indicted set up. You missed that one, didn't you, Paul, while you were busy cussing on the radio? See, the nice part about you hanging up is we get to dismantle your stupidity and you're not even on the phone dope you didn't read the indictment did you there were no indictments for russian collusion with the trump team none oh they got papadopoulos another one because he got the date wrong about when he met this maltese professor on a 1001 charge false statements nothing to do with russian collusion oh we got that manafort guy yeah manafort on some business deals he had with ukraine before he joined the trump team where's the collusion You keep telling us there's collusion. There are zero indictments for collusion. None. You're just making that up. But that's what liberals do best. Rich, you're pretty strong, by the way, with that uh, buzzer. That's never happened before. Never. Yeah, right? And after all the liberals we've taken on the show, you'd think one of them would have lost their mind sooner. He's the first one to completely lose it on the air. Nice job, producer Rich. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. For Mark today for the National Radio Hall of Fame. You can vote by text and email. Text the number 500 to 96,000 and vote at radiovote.com. Hey, take care of Mark. Come on, we got to do that. Do it for the great one. Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Text 500 to 96,000. 96,000. Just text the number 500 to 96000. And let's get Mark into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Come on, he deserves it. I remember the first time I heard Mark, get off the phone, you big dummy. I tell the story all the time. It drives Rich crazy. He's like, all right, dude, seriously, enough. But I'll never forget it. Changed my life, man. Least we could do is send a quick text for Mark. Let's get him in there. Text 500 to 96000. And let's get Mark into that National Radio Hall of Fame. He certainly deserves it. All right, listen, staying on this case, getting the prong two of Trey Gowdy's, um, I don't know, outrageous, ridiculous comments about this case. Well, the FBI wasn't investigating the Trump team. All right, as I said before, Comey already said they were investigating the Trump team. What part of this did you miss? Part number two, he said, well, from what I've seen, the FBI seems to have done exactly what the American people wanted to do. What's that? Becoming a bunch of uh, uh, police state tyrants? That's what they've spied on the Trump. That's what you want them to do. Are you crazy? You don't think we're asking reasonable questions here. You had a national security advisor of the United States, appointed national security advisor, Mike Flynn, whose conversations were listened to with no warrant. As far as we know, by the way, if they got a warrant, even worse, I'd love to see the probable cause they used for that. After using the probable cause, uh, let me get that. I don't want to lose you. 
So you spied on the conversations of a decorated United States military officer appointed as the national security advisor. You locked the guy up and you bankrupt him for lying to the FBI while simultaneously acknowledging that he wasn't deceptive when you spoke to him. And this is this is we're all supposed to applaud like a bunch of stupid seals because Trey Gowdy told us it's a okay. You got a FISA warrant, a foreign intelligence surveillance court, a court system that's become the star chamber that we use to spy on the worst animals of society. Oh, I just said animals. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure the liberals will go crazy. The worst animals of society. That's what the foreign intelligence surveillance court is used for. You used it to spy on your alleged 007 for the Russians in Carter Page who work for the Trump team. And yet, amazingly, Carter Page has never been arrested. Carter Page is out there talking on cable news, appearing all over the place. You got a FISA court warrant to spy on him because he worked for the Trump team. Nothing's happened to him. No subsequent evidence has come to light that he's a Russian spy or anything like it. And we're all supposed to ignore this because Trey Gowdy said so? Folks, let me explain to you what probably happened here. Because we have information that's already come out based on the information Gowdy's seen, which he seems to have forgotten. The House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has already released a report on this. The substantive basis, as far as we know, and no information has come out saying otherwise, for the warrant to spy on Carter Page was based on the fake dossier. They got a warrant to spy on an American citizen in a star chamber like terrorist court. They got this warrant and they based it off fake information. It was fake. Do you understand what happened here? Now you may say, well, they weren't spying on Carter Page because of, you know, Carter Page's association with the Trump team. Then what the heck were they spying on him for? Folks, they have this thing, this two-hop rule. It's critical you understand what happened here. They tried everything to spy on the Trump team. There's a reporter over at The Guardian. I think his name is Luke Harding. He's already written reports on this as back as far as 2015. The British NSA, the GCHQ, passing information to the American intel community, bypassing safeguards through non-official channels, passing information. They had taken, the CNN's already reported on this. Foreign intelligence spying for the United States on the Trump team. When they got nothing from that, they moved on to unmasking, using the office of the presidency and his appointees, Samantha Power and Susan Rice, to basically spy on foreigners talking to the Trump team and then unmasking or exposing the names of the Trump team officials to leak it to members of Congress. That was step two. That didn't work. They still had nothing. This is all, according to Trey Gowdy, what the American people would want from their FBI, by the way, that was intimately involved in this. Then when that didn't work, they said, I got an idea. Let's take a CIA asset. By the way, folks, how the heck did a CIA asset, which is what's uh, with the, 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 the man we're not supposed to say his name, but Chuck Ross found out about months ago. 
He was a CIA asset, the spy. How did the FBI get him? John Brennan have anything to do with that? You don't think John Brennan would have to sign off on that? He was a CIA asset. Somehow, he winds up working with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and starts emailing and trying to contact the Trump team. They don't know this guy from Joey Bag of Donuts on the corner. They have no idea who this guy is. He's gathering intelligence for the U.S. intelligence community and the FBI on the Trump team. Not on Mr. Rogers. That doesn't work. The entire kitchen sink is thrown at them. Now they're getting desperate. It's election time. Maybe the insurance policy isn't exactly panning out. Gosh, we've got foreign intelligence spying on this guy. We've got this guy trying to intersect with the Trump team and get information. They're not giving us anything useful. What are we going to do? The election's around the corner. We got to nail this Trump guy. I got an idea. We had worked with this guy, Carter Page, before, which they did. The FBI worked on him uh, on a Russian spy case where he was the cooperator. He helped bag a Russian spy. I don't know if he's a good guy. I've never met the guy in my life. But he's the cooperator in the actual court documents. So let me get this straight. He was a cooperator in a case against Yevgeny Buryakov, a Russian spy. And now the Russians are using the guy who cooperated against them to get the Russian spy as a spy. If you're pulling your hair out and going, that sounds like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's supposed to because it is the dumbest thing you've ever heard. But again, according to Gowdy and uh, another police stater, Eric uh, Swalwell, Democrat congressman from California, another another disgrace on Tucker Carlson show last night. Hey, man, this is all good. What did he say? Oh, that's not what happened. We only spy on our enemies. Exactly. You're, you're right, Congressman Smallwell. The Democrat Party's enemy are the Republicans. You are absolutely right. We only spy on our enemies. That's absolutely correct. Bingo. And that was Donald Trump. You know, I put my heart into this case, putting a book together on it. It's been the subject of shows, research. I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm not looking for anybody's pity. I've got a great job and I love my life. But I've lost hours on the weekends. My wife is listening right now in the other room, actually. She can vouch for me on this. Hey, Paul, <laughs> Paula, come on in here and vouch for me. <laughs> Just kidding. But she could. She's literally listening in the other room. I have lost hours at nights and weekends going through endless reams of documents. FISA court uh, revelations, endless reporting, links and reporting, links to links that link to other links, cross-referencing names. I have poured my entire life over the last five months into this thing. To have it sidelined in minutes by swamp creatures who go on TV and say things that are absolutely factually nonsensical and incorrect, I'm sorry, is not only frustrating, it requires a, a, a spirited response. And maybe this will make sense to you why this bothers me so much. This was real, folks. You are looking at the biggest media cover-up in the history of the Pravda media. And it is being moved along and buttressed by police state Democrats 
and their swamp rat allies that I, I can't get in their heads are absolutely committed to telling you up is down, black is white, and dogs are cats. There was unquestionably a spy working on the Trump team to loosen the screws and jiggle free information. That is not in doubt. You call him whatever you want. An undocumented FBI asset, a human informant, you call him whatever you want. He was a spy, and you're making a fool out of yourself. This is the most pathetic, disgusting episode in the history of disgusting episodes of the modern journalistic class. You are looking at the biggest scandal in the history of the United States. And you're looking at a class of swamp rat goon Republicans, police state Democrats, and boot-licking, butt-kissing Pravda media types desperate to tell you what happened didn't really happen. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. This was not how this case is supposed to be working. Let me let you know a little secret, by the way, too. Eh, Not a secret, I've said it before on cable, but I'll say it here. There's a reason the Pravda media and the Swamp Rat goons don't want you to use the word spy, which is what the guy working the Trump team was, period. There's a reason. Again, having actually worked federal cases and been involved intimately with intelligence for over a decade of my life, Unlike the media idiots who tweet me and humiliate themselves daily on Twitter. Idiots. Some of the dumbest people on the planet are in journalism. The reason they don't want to use the word spy and they prefer the word informant, which is entirely inaccurate in this case, is because of the inside-outside distinction. Don't lose me here. If, right, if you are using an informant, But the way the term is commonly used in law enforcement and in intelligence, an informant is typically someone already inside of an organization. Someone you flipped, someone providing intelligence for another reason. Maybe they just don't like the people in the organization anymore and want to come clean. An informant typically is an insider in an organization. Now, think about this. I know I got to take a break, but I want to get through this. It's important. If not, I'll finish it on the other side. They prefer to use the word informant because if you are an informant, you're informing on something. And the informant is typically informing on illegal behavior already ongoing inside of an organization. I've never heard law enforcement use the word spy for an informant. Now, the reason they want to use the word informant rather than spy, which is what this guy unquestionably was is because using the word informant gives you the impression that somebody was already leaking bad stuff that was happening inside the Trump team when it wasn't. There's a reason. Oh, informing? If, oh, what, Sammy the Bull? Were they informing on the Gambino crime family? Oh, my gosh, an informant. It keeps the focus on the Trump team. That's not what this guy was, folks. He was not an informant. He was a spy. All right, I got to take a break. I'm going to get to why, though, on the other side of this break, why that term is important and why the Pravda media types will not let you, let you, air quotes, use it. Use it everywhere. Tweet it to them every day. It drives them crazy. I'm Dan Bongino, Info Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. 
to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. So, before the break, I was talking about why the Pravda media, police state uh, Democrat tyrants, and their swamp gas-infected Republican buddies up on the hill don't want to use the word spy. For the spy that was spying on the Trump team. Spy! Spy! How do you like that? How do you like them apples? Spy! Your ears ringing, media goofballs? They prefer the term informant. Because an informant is someone on the inside of a corrupt organization ratting them out. Oh, gosh, an informant. He must have been informing on this evil Trump team. That's not what happened. The FBI employed an asset who was a CIA asset, as Michael Mukasey brought up the other day on a, on a radio program, which was fascinating. How the heck did a CIA asset become all of a sudden an FBI asset? Were they that desperate to get this guy? They don't want to use the word spy because a spy is someone on the outside of the organization. A spy, like spying into a house, spying into an organization. They brought on an asset, a spy, to attempt to infiltrate an organization to get information. That's why they don't want you to use the term. Oh, my gosh, the government was staring into my house, staring into the Trump team, trying to pull information out. There's a there's a negative connotation of that. The media, Pravda, that they're looking to do. They want to make sure you focus on the term informant. Like, oh, informant. It was just somebody on the inside um, re- revealing their corrupt secrets. There were no corrupt secrets. Well, who pushed this information into the Trump? I didn't even get to that yet. They don't want you to focus on the word spy because it has this negative connotation to it. But that is exactly what happened. It was someone on the outside of the organization peering in, peering in by emailing Papadopoulos, by emailing Carter Page. By try- we found out from Chuck Ross the other day at the Daily Caller trying to rope in Stephen Miller, another advisor to the Trump team. You're okay with this? We're all okay with this now, Trey Gowdy and Eric Swalwell, swamp rat, a police state or Democrat from California. He's a police stater. By the way, Swalwell, the same guy who put out, um, who's backing a piece of legislation a couple weeks ago to show up at your house, by the way. He wants to have you arrested if you don't turn over your guns. This is the same guy, by the way. Police stater, Swalwell. He's backing some bill where if you have an assault weapon, assault, of course, assault, they have to use that terminology, that you need to turn that over. And if not, he's like, well, you know, no, we'll just show up at your house. Oh, we really? You will? Oh, that's nice. Police staters. That's what we have. Liberty's dead. It's now, forget don't tread on me. That's gone. Now it's please spy on me. And if you can't, unmask me. And if you can't do that, get a FISA warrant. Maybe they have the little, uh, I mean, this, the, the Gadsden flag is it's all gone, folks. We got police staters now, even on the Republican side. That's why they don't want you to use the term spy. They want you to believe someone on the inside of a corrupt organization was ratting them out. That's why they prefer the term informant. Don't be suckered for a minute. We never called people on the outside informants. They were spies. This is crap. 
All right, I got more on this on the other side of this break. I'm Dan Bongino, InfoMarketing. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. Been pretty much hammering his straight county comments for the last hour. But I never really explained to you, you know, what what I think is going on here, why I think a bunch of uh, swampy Republicans and police state Democrats and their bureaucratic allies in the uh, ever present bureaucratic state, the administrative state are doing what they're doing. Folks, they know what they're telling you is BS. I just kind of reset a little bit. I started talking about Gowdy's comments last week, which are still on my mind. Trey Gowdy saying, well, the FBI wasn't investigating the Trump team or the Trump campaign, which is nonsense. We know that's not true. And the way they investigated, well, that's the way the American people would have wanted them to do. In the last hour or two, I explained to you that that's nonsense. The case was a disaster. But although I can't get in Gowdy's head specifically, or Paul Ryan, who seems to have agreed with him, I can tell you from a good body of information that I think I know what's going on. I think, I don't think, I know these aren't stupid people, okay? I, I'm offended at what Gowdy said. I'm offended at what Paul Ryan said. But these aren't, these, these guys aren't dumb. They're not. They may be misguided on this and wrong, but they're not dumb. I firmly believe, I'm, I'm like trying to be delicate here, Rich, because I want to say this the right way. There's a horse trade going on here. The information about the Obama team is devastating. It is. Publicly available reporting alone. You don't even need deep sources. I've had some good ones, but you don't even need it. The publicly available reporting about the Obama team involvement in Spygate is devastating. Why? I just told you the media does their Pravda role to cover up for the Obama team. You may be asking, well, Dan, if that's the case, why did the media report on the Obama team's efforts to spy on Trump if they were trying to cover for him? Because they weren't trying to cover for the Obama team back then. Last time I filled in for Mark, I brought up this point, and this is critical. It's going to describe, I'm going to take a little note on the horse trade, so I don't forget where I was here, this is important. The media reported on the Obama team's efforts to spy on Trump using foreign intelligence and other things because at the time they weren't trying to build any other case other than the case that The Trump team was so corrupt and so worthy of not being elected. Remember, this is all pre-election day. Look how serious this is. Even foreign intelligence from the Baltic states and the United Kingdom. Trump is so dangerous to the republic. Look, even they're reporting to the Obama team on them. Don't conflate today's narrative with what was the narrative pre-election. The narrative pre-election was that Donald Trump was a threat to humankind and had to be stopped no matter what. And the investigation was so serious, even foreign intelligence was passing information over. The media at the time wanted two things. Stop Trump no matter what. 
And secondly, they wanted to make the case that Trump was so dirty and his team was so corrupt that even foreign intelligence and others realized it and they were helping us out because this guy was so corrupt and so tied to the Russians. The Russian collusion narrative to the media at that time was real. Well, what happened? That narrative turned out to be a steaming pile of dog. We won't make Rich use the buzzer. Not with the host, at least. I have a little more self-control than I call her in the first hour. (laughs) Sometimes. Inside joke for some of you. The Russian collusion narrative entirely and completely fell apart. There was no there there. The media can't go back and retract their stories. The stories were true. The Obama team was using foreign intelligence entities to spy on Trump. At the time, that story was great for Pravda, the Pravda media. Look, this is so serious. This collusion narrative is going to come out later. The media, the foreign intelligence is all over this. Don't elect Trump. Uh Uh-oh. Election day comes around. Uh Uh-oh. What happened, McFly? We're in trouble. What do we do now? Hey, um... Anonymous sources have been telling us this whole time, you anonymous source guys and ladies, uh, you're going to you're going to produce that evidence, right? Of the Russian collusion we've been reporting on for months now, right? Um, uh, not really. Oh, wait, what? So you mean you forced us to write and we compliantly with our butts, uh, our, your butts surgically attached to our lips with your orders to write up this story about how dangerous Trump was, about how foreign intelligence was spying on him, telling us it was all about Russian collusion. And now you're telling us after the election that none of that's true, that there was no collusion. Well, what are we going to do? Delete the stories about the spy operation? They can't. They're all there. Folks, look up Luke Harding, The Guardian. Look up, what is it, uh, Jim Shuto's report in CNN from April. British intelligence passed information to Trump team. Google it yourself. It's all there. The whole operation is there for you to see. Back to the horse trade. None of that information is going to change. It happened. The John Brennan Central Intelligence Agency... And some higher-ups in the FBI were clearly involved in an illicit operation, maybe illegal leaks. Well, we know there were some illegal leaks. We're still not sure exactly who did them, but we know it was law enforcement, federal law enforcement. That information's still there. The horse trade has to happen now. These Obama people cannot get out of this scot-free. They can't. The Giuliani team and others, um, someone had to be brought on board to say, hey, listen, there's clear criminal liability here. There's a leak in October of 2016 about the existence of the Trump investigation, highly classified information to the New York Times. Somebody's got to go to jail. There's a leak in January of 2017, just months later, to the Washington Post. A leak about the uh, the contents of the call between Mike Flynn and the Russian ambassador. Highly classified. At the highest levels of the United States government. People committed crimes. So the swampy Republican side is being brought on board with the administrative state 
protectors of the of this entire operation because they don't go anywhere. The bureaucrats, in conjunction with the police state Democrats, and the horse trade is happening. I will bet you right now. But the one thing that they want to preserve, no matter what, is the reputation of the DOJ and the FBI. Now, some of them may have noble intentions in doing that. The problem is, as I have been calling out for the last hour and a half, you do not protect the reputation of the Department of Justice and the FBI by hiding grotesque malfeasance and misfeasance in other cases. You save the DOJ and the FBI by cleaning out the mess they created with this Spygate scandal and starting fresh. And that does not mean the rank and file men and women there. They did not do this. And I get it, some of you, because I get this email all the time. I've worked with these guys. They're terrific. Well, why didn't some of them speak out? They want to. They want to speak out. They need an avenue to do it. People spoke out about Benghazi, too, folks. Look what happened to them. I could drop some names right now that are public, that people who were, they spoke out. You never heard from them again. I'm not saying they were, I don't want to, I'm not saying they they were killed or him at them being ridiculous. I'm just saying they were silenced. You never heard from him again. The conspiracy theorists on the left like to gin all this stuff up. Oh, none of this happened. They're all conspiracy theorists. It happened. They reported on it. The FBI guys want to talk. They're already talking to people saying, someone in Congress subpoena us. Get us up on the hill and we'll talk. I get it. I wish some of them would speak out. I left my job in the Secret Service. I forfeited my pension. I get it. So I'm not speaking with forked tongue. Oh, what would you do, Dan? Oh, what I did. I left. Thank you. I'm not trying to, you know, take the moral high ground here. I'm just saying I wish some other bureau agents would say, you know what? My country matters here, and I'm going to take one on the chin for the team. If you're listening, maybe you should do it. Maybe it's time. But I honestly, being candid with you, I don't, I'm not going to disrespect the audience and lie to you. I don't blame a guy for looking for some protection or a female agent who knows something for looking for some protection from Congress before they do this so they don't become the subject of the next witch hunt. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to get on their case for that. The horse trade is happening. The horse trade is this. We'll give you two Obama team members. You protect the DOJ and the FBI. We can't. The people who committed this atrocity have got to be held accountable legally. Folks, on the other side of this break, I'm going to get onto some other another topic here about why there are why there's a paper trail of malfeasance here. There was a vetting procedure done for the information used to spy on the Trump team. There is a paper trail. That paper trail ends with some very, very suspicious characters with very close connections to who? The Mueller team now. They have to protect people, and they're calling in the swampy Republicans to do it, and of course, they always oblige. Given an opportunity to let you down, swampy Republicans will always take it. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin.
gotten to the whole push-pull thing about Spygate yet. I'm going to try to get to that, but I do want to take some calls. 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino. In for Mark Levin. All right, let's go to... This should be <laughs> should be interesting. Let's go to Chris in Los Angeles again, bringing it tonight, Los Angeles. Chris, you disagree with me. Go ahead. The floor is yours. I, I do, sir, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love this show, and I'm always entertained when you're on hosting, so thank oh, you. That's very nice of you. Thanks, Chris. Um, I have two quick comments, and then sure. I'll, I'll go my way, and you can respond. But, sure. Um, the, the first no, stay on, on. I want to have a back and forth, but go ahead. Okay. The, the first is on this idea of collusion or no collusion, right? And, and like a lot of Republicans right now, people on the right are pushing this idea that there was never any collusion. Um, the definition of collusion is to, I believe, act in cooperation or coordination with somebody secretly to deceive. Um, and a number of people have already been indicted. And a number of people have already been found guilty, and I get the argument that that could be for crimes that are not collusion. Wait, wait, hold on, no, Chris, that's not an argument. That's a fact. There, nobody has been arrested on the Trump team for colluding with the Russians to influence the election. Nobody. That's. Uh, I also believe the understanding is that collusion is not technically a crime. It's not a, which is even worse. But you would think like someone would have been arrested. For some kind of grand conspiracy with a Russian deal maker to exchange in it, it, in some information to overturn the election, but that's not what anybody's been arrested for or indicted. Correct. Most of it's been like for lying to the FBI or giving false statements or things of that nature. Correct. Well, well, there were two. There were Papadopoulos and there's Flynn. Flynn was arrested for false statements despite the FBI acknowledging. In, in sworn testimony behind the closed doors that he wasn't even being deceptive. And Papadopoulos, because he, uh, he gave the wrong date from this, when this contact point for this Maltese professor. But let me be clear on this, Chris, because that, I appreciate your call on this, but that's not open for interpretation. Nobody has been arrested for the crime of collusion, which you're right, is not even a crime. So what are they investigating? So it would be conspiracy then? Is that what the crime would ultimately be? But conspiracy to do what, though? Conspiracy to to do what? What did they do? Okay. So I, let, wait, wait, hold on. Let me let, make this simple because I'm running out of time and I want to get I really want an answer. To this would be great. Explain to me in a couple sentences what crime exactly you think the Trump team committed. And, and I'm open to you. Go for it. Well, I'm not a lawyer, so I, I don't know specifically like what would be the technical crime or anything like that. But I'll, well, give me I'll the untechnical version. What was the crime they committed in the untechnical way? I, and I'll answer that as best I can, but partially with a question. Given the definition of collusion that I just read to you off the Internet, do you believe that the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russians in an attempt to deceive to deceive who? What are you talking about? Why are you one? Why are you answering my question with a question? I'm trying to. I, you called me. I just want to. Sim- I, I promise. I, I don't know what. I, I don't even know how to answer that. Deceive what? To deceive who? Who? What? Who did what? To what are you talking about? Do you believe that the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russians? On on what? What are you I, talking about? On what? You have to be specific. On what? The, the, the a subway order. 
Extra cheese and pickles? On what? Well, come on. Come on. I, well, what no, Chris, I'm not. Come on. I'm asking you. Coordinated on what? An exchange of information? An exchange of Hillary's emails? Is that what you're asking? I'll, I'll fill in your question. Is that what you're asking? Do you think they coordinated with him on anything to gain benefit in the election? To win the election? What? Like, what are you talking? You mean the emails? What do you mean gain I mean, benefit? What do you-, do you think that the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russians at any point during the campaign for the benefit of their campaign? What? What? Election? How? What do you mean? Oh, Oppo? Right, are you me- talking about Oppo research? What do you mean? just don't want to say it don't say it but I chris mean, I think chris you're not knows. asking a question you're asking these one the answer is no categorically no but i'm trying to expose something here and there's a reason i'm doing this because now i'm going to ask you a question do you believe hillary clinton coordinated with a foreign intelligence agent who on the record has already admitted acquiring information from the russians about donald trump so you're talking oh, thanks. Deal. Bye-bye. See ya. Goodbye. Take care. I got to take a break. There you go. Sorry, folks, but I, I, I really do have to take a break. I go on forever. That's what happened. I can't answer. Do you believe Donald Trump? With what? Coordinated for his pizza order on a Saturday night with a Russian he met at a bar over a piva beer? Oh, man. Sorry. I know a lot of you like to keep me. I can't take that stuff. I'm sorry. You know I have zero tolerance for that. You want to get an answer to question. Hillary's the one who coordinated with the Russians. Already on the record. The guy she hired coordinated with a guy who went to Russia and got information, false information about Donald Trump. All right, folks, I'm Dan Mancino in for Mark Levin. Give us a call. 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. If you turn off your radio and open the window, you can probably hear him straight from the studio. Call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. All right, we're back. Dan Bongino filling in for the great one. Listen, you got to get your great one fix on Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. The Fox News Channel, Life, Liberty, and Levin. My new favorite show. Last week's episode was Andy McCarthy. And David Limbaugh was fantastic. This week, Congressman Ron DeSantis, a real go-getter, running for governor down here in the great state of Florida, where I live. And Congressman Lee Zeldin, another good guy, congressman from New York, New York One, will be on Life, Liberty, and Levin. You don't want to miss that. Set your DVR, watch it live, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox News Channel. And before you get off the air, I did it. It takes two seconds. I'm happy to screenshot it and show you. Um, Take a mental picture. You have to text to 96000. Well, you don't have to, but I really strongly encourage you to do it because Mark's a great guy. The National Radio Hall of Fame. Text. You can vote by text. 96000. Just text to this. Text 500 to that number. It takes five seconds or less. I just did it. Please do it. Mark deserves it. He works really hard. 9600. Text 500 to that number. All right. Um, let me just explain to you what the horse trade is and why they're trying to protect the DOJ and FBI. I said I was going to wrap this up, and this is how we're going to finish up today. Mueller was the perfect guy to bring in, ladies and gentlemen, to enact the horse trade, to make sure that, to use a chess term I've used before in different in a different way, to protect the crown, let's say. 
People, yes, I do believe people are going to be prosecuted for their role in Spygate. That may surprise you. Despite the protestations of the police state Democrats and the swamp rat Republicans, there is going to be criminal liability here, whether it's Andrew McCabe, whether it's the people who leaked to the Washington Post in January to David Ignatius or the people who leaked or persons that leaked in October, the existence of the Trump investigation to the New York Times. I believe there will be prosecutions. I'm not satisfied with minimal prosecutions. People should be prosecuted for crimes they committed, given the, of course, within the legal constraints of the law. They should be vigorously prosecuted for their role in this. This was a disaster spy gate of epic proportions. But the administrative state and the police state Democrats don't want that to happen. So I do believe there's a horse trade going on right now. You give us this guy, we'll give you that guy, right? Mueller was the perfect guy. To do this and to be intimately involved in the horse trade. You back off a little here. We back off a little bit there. Ma, 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 ma. You get what I'm saying? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hey. Why is Mueller the perfect guy? Folks, I'm going to lay out to you in the next 10 minutes or so. The connections Mueller has to this investigation is going to blow your mind. So one of the components of the investigation that is particularly devastating for the FBI, the DOJ, and the Obama administration is the use of bad, fake, nonsensical information in a court. This information was sworn to by FBI agents in court. Sworn to. I, just the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but it wasn't. The fact that federal agents went into court and swore on bad information is a fact that will never go away. Why? There's a record of it in the court. FBI agent Joey Bag of Donuts raised his right hand and said A, B, and C were true. It wasn't. The dossier was fake. There's a paper trail of fake information that made it into the FISA court. That information, ladies and gentlemen, is vetted through a process in DOJ they call the Woods Procedure. Bob Mueller was one of the guys who had input into the development of the Woods procedures to vet information that gets to the FISA court. Wait, wait, it doesn't end there. This goes on. Bob Mueller was one of the guys who had input into the process. The process failed. Fake information made it into a U.S. foreign intelligence surveillance court to spy on a potentially innocent American citizen. This is a major Charlie Foxtrot. Major. This isn't going anywhere. You can't hide this. There's no hiding this. The Woods procedure, which Mueller had input into developing, is a process in the Department of Justice and the FBI where information to make sure negative, not negative information, let me retract that false information does not make it in front of a judge and, and, and innocent American citizens are spied on. It has steps. Each step is a separate level of vetting. One of the last people in the Department of Justice in the National Security Division to vet the information before it gets in front of a judge information used against the Trump team that was false was a guy by the name of John Carlin. Who was John Carlin? Oh, he was Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. Oh, crazy how that happens. Oh, my gosh. That's just wacky. Whoa. 
So Mueller's old chief of staff was one of the guys that vetted the information that turned out to be fake that made it into the intelligence court to spy on the Trump team. Yeah, Mueller's the perfect, no conflict there. His old chief of staff was deeply involved in it. Oh, by the way, Mueller was involved with the implementation of these procedures, too, or the, uh, the development of them. Oh, it gets worse. Mueller's the perfect guy for the swamp trade. This is why the swamp loves him. Mueller's team. Who does he pick? He picks two lawyers for his team. One by the name of Ree and one by the last name of Zebley, who are not only donors, one of them to the Clintons, they represented big-time players in the Clinton space. The, Jeannie Ree represented the Clinton Foundation. She's on the Mueller attack team. I, I didn't say that wrong. The other one, Aaron Zebley on Mueller's team, represented Justin Cooper, a key player in the Hillary email scandal. He was his lawyer. The perfect guy for the horse trade. Oh, it gets better. Wait, there's more. Like it's an infomercial. We need that guy Fritz. Lisa Monaco. Who took John Brennan's place in the Obama White House as one of Obama's closest homeland security advisors? She took Brennan's place when Brennan went over to the CIA. Who was Lisa Monaco? Oh, Bob Mueller's old chief of staff. And by the way, the woman who had the position Carlin had before Carlin took it. Mueller's the perfect guy. Trade a few horses here. We got to protect the crown at all costs. Oh, wait, there's more. One of Mueller's lead prosecutors uh, in the case is working with a cooperator. A cooperator, a guy by the name of George Nader, who's cooperating against this whole Trump team. His lawyer, whoa, is who? Catherine Rumler. Who is that? That name rings a bell. Let's see. Who is that? Catherine Rumble. Oh, she was Obama's White House lawyer. How's that connected to Bob Mueller? Oh, Bob Mueller's number two on his investigative witch hunt team, Andy Weissman, the Mueller bulldog, as he calls himself. Mueller was the head of the FBI during the Enron prosecution. Weissman was the one running the Enron team. Who was on that Enron team with him? Oh, Catherine Rumler, Obama's old White House lawyer. Catherine Rumler, Obama, she was known as Obama's fixer. Wait, Obama's fixer is representing a cooperator in the Mueller probe and Mueller has a history with Rumler? Oh, yeah. God rest Randy Macho Man. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mueller was the perfect guy for this. No conflicts at all there, folks. Nothing to see here. Not one bit. Are you kidding me? This thing's been a disgrace from the start. Now, let me explain to you the final piece of this. I'm try to slip in a call. Make this quick. Here's what they're really hiding in this horse trade. Stop focusing on the pull. I can't say this enough. Don't get lost in the pull. 
The spy was the pull. The spy was the effort by the IC and the Obama administration and the Bureau to pull information out of the Trump team to make them look like they were colluding with the Russians on this email scandal, on Hillary's emails. The pull is important. The guy was a spy. There's no question about it. But what the Bureau is really hiding and what the Obama administration is ultimately going to have to answer for is the push. Who pushed the information about the emails into the Hillary team? Um, excuse me, into the uh, Trump team. The story has changed, folks, multiple times. Why? Because if the information was pushed in by people in the intelligence community, either foreign or domestic, in an effort to frame the Trump team, this will be the scandal of the millennium. It's bad enough that the information was trying to be pulled out. They were spied on. But if the information about Hillary's emails never even started with the Trump team, but was pushed in by people working with Trump's political opponents to frame him, you have a tier one level scandal like you've never seen. Now, why would you think there'd have to be something suspicious about the push? Why has the story changed so many times? George Papadopoulos, oh, uh, he told this Australian diplomat about Hillary's emails. No, that's not what the Australian diplomat says. The Australian diplomat, Downer, who allegedly was told about the emails, just gave an interview in Australia and said, no, he never said anything about emails. That's your whole case. You told us that's how this case started. Wait, where did Papadopoulos hear about the emails? Oh, from a Maltese professor, Joseph Mifsud. Oh, he must have been a Russian, right? That's the whole allegation, that the Russians were working with the Trump team to get this negative information out there about Hillary. That's it, right? Wait, 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 wait. Where's Mifsud? Supposedly, he's the founder of this whole thing. He told the Trump team member about emails and the scandal started. Where is Mifsud? He was interviewed by the FBI in February of 2017. Where he goes, nobody knows. And he opportunity I have to fit Ren and Stimpy and I will nobody's seen Mifsud since the bureau interviewed him I, I thought the Russians pushed this information into the Trump team you interviewed the guy who pushed it in he told Papadopoulos about the emails why, why is it why isn't he under investigation is he under arrest we have not seen him since but here's the kicker one of his buddies puts together a little book and in the book he says hey Mifsud's not a Russian agent. He's a Western intelligence asset. Oh! Oh! Houston, we got a problem there. We got a problem. Who was the push? This is what they're hiding. Why isn't Mifsud talking? We clear this thing up tomorrow. If Joseph Mifsud's a Russian agent, let's get the information out there. If a Russian agent worked with this guy, Papadopoulos, to, to, to collude about Hillary's emails or DNC emails, put it out there. Why is Mifsud gone? Why can't we find him? Why did the FBI let him go? Why is his buddy saying he's a Western intelligence asset? Hashtag asking for a friend. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin.
going to need some Visine. <laughs> I got a hit coming up on Fox with Hannity after this, Rich. You believe? <laughs> I did my show today, my other show, a 1 o'clock hit, filled in for Mark, and I got Hannity next coming up. And <laughs> Someone get me some Visine or a cup of coffee or something. Double espresso, latte, frappa, mocha, chino, whatever those thingies are. All right, let me, let me get to the phones. Lou's been holding for a long time. Lou. From Lincoln, Rhode Island. What do you got for us, buddy? I want to say there's so many chess pieces in this game. The problem is they're all blue. There's no red chess pieces. I mean, you hinted on it. And, you know, what's discouraging is I was a Trump delegate. My wife was a Trump delegate. My son's the youngest state senator, Republican in Rhode Island. We live in a blue state. And we have operatives here as well. It goes on and on and on. I wish I could talk to you off the air and give you some information. I could tell you some unbelievable things that relate to the U.S. Senate. So I I agree with you 100 percent. Um, but what you're saying is very frustrating for someone like me who has a lot of battle scars. We've been following uh, Trump since the beginning. When, you know, we went obviously to the yeah. convention. We've done everything we can to try to change the wave in this country, and we thought we were a little successful when he won. But, you know, you paint a very discouraging picture, and I don't know what the answers are. Well, Lou, uh, don't be discouraged. The poll numbers are turning around. The Democrats have spent so much time trying to <laughs> paint the story of the Russia hoax that they actually forgot they have to run on things like taxes and <laughs> health care and other things. So, yes, I agree. It's I'm a little down on it, but um, don't get too worried. The, the Trump knows what he's doing. He's handling the media, I think, at this point masterfully. And um, yeah. All right. Great. Let's take. Uh, what is that? Is that Harry? Harry, right? In Fort Washington, Maryland. All right. Ari, you got to make it quick, but uh, I wanted to get you in here. Thanks for holding. What do you got for us? I thank you so much for subbing for the great one. It's I hard. To say, I know it is. But I call I him the want- great one for a reason. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, but you're doing a wonderful job. You always do. Thank you, I man. Wanted to say, I just wanted to say something real quick. I have the caps on mute right now, so you know I must love you guys. Oh, wow. I never call. I'm a first-time caller. But I, yes. I, I, I watched MSNBC. I flipped from Fox. Something just told me to do it. And I saw the clip that they did on Sean Hannity. And I heard a word that was clipped, you know, accidentally from the actual clip itself. And then yeah. they cut it. And I said, oh, okay, you all have spliced this. You've, you've taken this little chunk yep. here. And yep. they made all, this was MSNBC, they made all these accusations about how he apparently talks to President Trump every day, that they're going to try to put uh, Judge Jeanine and others from Fox into the Justice Department. They made allegation and, and, and actually insinuated that... Area, I, I got to run. Unfortunately, we're coming up against the end of the show. But listen, it's not a real news channel, MSNBC. It never has been. It never will be either. Is CNN. They always complain about being called fake news. Well, I have a suggestion for you before I get off the air. MSNBC, CNN, The Washington Post, and The New York Times. If you don't want to be called and known for fake news, then don't report things that are, in fact, fake. This is a real simple solution. It's not complicated. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. If you want to check me out more, my website is Bongino.com, my last name, and we're at the Bongino on Twitter. Don't forget Mark Levin Show. Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Life, Liberty, and Levin, and do not forget to vote for him. Text 500 to 96000. Go do it now. Don't forget. See you soon.